This is more than therapy podcast. More than therapy. This is more than therapy. More than therapy podcast. This is more than therapy. More than therapy podcast. This is more than therapy podcast. We know that trauma is stored in the body. But how do we begin to build awareness around what that looks like as it shows up in different ways? On this episode, Brenda Hershey will elaborate on the signs and symptoms and break down the science behind why mind-body methods for recovery and resilience are essential. Furthermore, she'll share integratable tools to strengthen the mind-body connection to foster a sense of safety and security in one's body again which is often lost when disassociating and numbing out. I have to ask my therapy community, do you sometimes feel like your trauma clients are stubborn and unwilling to change? They make little to no progress in their treatment, even though you see them consistently and use the talk therapy tools that you know work. This is a common frustration with therapists and clients. You see your clients want to get better but they can't do it with talk therapy alone because trauma is more than psychological, it's physical. The last two decades of neuroscience research proves trauma is stored in the body. Today we have Brenda Hershey who's gonna talk to us about trauma recovery yoga. Brenda, what made you want to do yoga as it relates to trauma? Tell us more about that journey and what brought you to that forefront. Well, thank you for having me first and foremost. And, uh, you know, yoga has been really powerful in my healing journey. And a few years ago, about four years ago now, I was introduced to trauma recovery yoga. And that really married these two passions of mine, uh, one being yoga and, and knowing that that really worked for me, but not really understanding or digging into the science behind it. Like what was changing in my body? How was that happening? Um, and then meeting trauma recovery yoga, who they, we, we say we speak science, not Sanskrit. So it was about bringing and merging these two worlds together to have a fuller picture of how yoga, especially in a trauma informed setting, can be really transformative for people as it was for me. Why must we include the body in our recovery healing journeys? Mm, great question. So trauma is a physiological experience. Uh, it starts with an external stimuli. Something happens outside of you and, and then it affects your physiology. So as within seconds of uh, detecting fear or danger, our amygdala or the alarm center of our brain is, is it's sounding the alarm. It's pumping stress hormones into your body. It's increasing your heart rate, heart rate, dilating your pupils. And it's preparing you to either fight, like confront the, the danger or to run away. Essentially, there's the, there are multi layers to that, but uh, I feel this is like kind of a one-on-one breakdown of this, especially for your audience who very likely has an understanding of this already. Um, but so it's a physiological experience and having done uh having been teaching trauma recovery yoga and studying the science behind trauma like what happens in your body 
uh, during a traumatic event and what does that mean? And having heard other people's stories of, for example, they were sitting down and often people are sitting down when they get the bad news or something tragic happens. And so that might stay, all those stress hormones might stay in the hips. So understanding that when we say we need to, or we get to process emotion, process trauma, we get to see it through. It's not meant to, to stay in our bodies, which it very easily can do if we don't have tools to find our breath, to find our feet on the floor, to somehow become present during that traumatic event or, or those traumatic events, because um, it's not necessarily one big obvious trauma, right? Um, so including the body is absolutely essential because it's a physiological experience before it reaches the brain of the prefrontal cortex, cortex of logic and reasoning. In many ways, I mean, how do you introduce yoga, especially trauma-informed, trauma-recovery yoga to the client base? Because I know a lot of times their body connection is what they fear. They're, they're you know, they're repugnant. And I mean, sometimes repugnant or repulsed by a particular body part because of the trauma that was, that impacted them. Hmm. There, so this is, this is also a really good question. So one of our mottos is meeting people where they are. So first of all, the word yoga and this idea of yoga and this picture people might have in their minds of skinny white women doing handstands on Instagram, uh, that might be at the forefront of of someone's mind when they think of yoga. So meeting people where they are and breaking down this stigma before you even get in a room to teach a class uh, is part of the experience. And um, here, by speaking the science part of it, so when we were, so I'm in Iraq, I'm in the Kurdistan region of Iraq. I've been here for a few years teaching, uh, doing humanitarian work. And as of the last year or so, teaching trauma recovery yoga in refugee camps and orphanages to survivors uh, and lots of different vulnerable populations here. And so then with this, there's an added layer of uh, community trauma, intergenerational trauma, and of yoga being non-existent here. Uh, so to answer your question, by speaking the science, uh, you know, speaking science, not Sanskrit, and speaking to people, breaking things down in a way that they can receive. Um, once you can break down that barrier and get people in a room, it doesn't take long before you can see in, in participants' eyes that feeling of, they might've just noticed their breath for the first time in years um, we work with a lot of survivors of genocide in the Yazidi community, and one class is, uh, I mean, the, the, the feeling of fulfillment of just teaching a 20-minute breathing exercise or a guided meditation or something is just so much more than what we can sometimes wrap our minds around. So once you get people in a room, it's easy to, to, to pull them in, you know? Indeed, indeed, indeed. How do you introduce people to yoga that normally wouldn't, you know, adhere to yoga? Like you said, you know, when I was Googling yoga, you know, a lot of images, a lot of videos came up of, like you said, you know, skinny 
white women, <laughs> not enough, not a lot of browns, not a lot of um, people that had a little weight on them, and not of you know things like that. What's a soft way to introduce yoga to a person who's normally wouldn't have been exposed to that culture or thinks it's not even a part of their culture or their everyday life? So that is the question. That's our our journey here of meeting people where they are. And trauma recovery yoga is truly yoga for everybody. Um, it's it's a yoga class, but in many ways it's different from a typical yoga class because all yoga is good, but not all yoga is good for trauma. So one of our pillars is accessibility. I think that is a, a big point to touch on here because people aren't doing yoga here because it does not exist. And there's so much, like we've been working for about a year now here in the Kurdistan region, and I'm getting multiple messages every day of people asking, uh, where, where's your office? Where's your studio? Where can we come to practice this? They don't just want a video. They want a real life experience. Um, and so, so yeah, I think by being really culturally aware and, and even in the U S um, before I was teaching this internationally, um, again, meeting people where they are, it just looks a little different. So, for example, when I would teach in this homeless shelter or in a domestic abuse shelter, people are coming to do yoga in jeans and tennis shoes. And you know what? That's cool. That is what they were comfortable in. That's, that was their choice. Which brings me to another really important pillar of try, which is choice. Giving people their, reminding them really of their power of choice because in your trauma, that's something we don't choose our traumas, right? We don't choose to have those experiences. So reminding them throughout the class, this is your practice, your body, your rules, and really embodying that as we navigate sharing it with people here um, breaks down those barriers and kind of dissolves them before we even get into the class. And I do have some videos that I will absolutely share with you of guided meditations, breathing practices, different yoga classes, all of that, so. Indeed, indeed. What happens during a traumatic experience and why should we understand the process? I love that you asked this because it touches uh, close to my heart with my personal experience. So when I started working with trauma recovery yoga, I had not experienced my own big T or obvious trauma up to that point. Um, and I was working with a lot of people who had experienced chronic complex trauma. So in some way I did feel this disconnect. Like I was so passionate about sharing this work. I was seeing the impact on people and I felt really good sharing it. Uh, but I hadn't experienced my own big T trauma. So you can only take people as far as you have been yourself, right? And I think uh, for your audience members, that's something that, that they'll, they'll grasp. And so I was teaching trauma recovery yoga uh, for about six months, it was. And I was studying the science behind trauma because in doing so, that connected so many dots for me. Um, relationships I'd been in, experiences I'd had, because I was living in Chicago. So, you know, you're just, uh, 
riding the L, the train, and and you're witnessing trauma, which you know can be contagious also. So you're witnessing that and experiencing it all the time. So all of these things that weren't logical to me at the time really started to make sense. I started connecting dots. And so about six months into this, I was actually um, flying to Guatemala to teach trauma recovery yoga. And we were about 10 minutes from landing and I got service on my phone and I received a message uh, that my father had unexpectedly passed away. He'd had a heart attack and he raised me as a single father for a long time. It was totally unexpected. Um, and so, of course, that is a that, that would uh, incite some some fear and for the amygdala to really start going off. So I I started experiencing and just observing my body involuntarily taking over, uh, and I felt this rush of energy from starting from the feet, like moving up my body. And the reason I was able to be so present and aware of of what was going on in my body at the time. Because I was, you know, also like getting totally disoriented. I couldn't get out of the seat. I was buckled in, you know, the seatbelt signs on. And so I was hyper aware of what was happening in my body because I understood. I had this knowledge of the science of trauma and that, oh, my body's involuntarily taking over. My heart's beating super fast. I noticed that I was holding my breath. So I was really quickly able to okay breathe i started counting the the windows on the plane and uh, grounding myself centering myself using some of the affirmations that we weave in throughout our practice which for me at the time was just i am okay i am breathing and i just was repeating that over and over to myself so to answer your question because i understood the process of what was happening in my body i was able to be really present in those moments and to just observe and that allowed me that gave me the choice really to process that and not hold on to anything uh, to show up later as as illness or disease so I, I feel really passionate that everyone deserves that choice um, and we can get that just by practicing these tools building muscle memory to find your breath to find your feet on the floor to regulate yourself regulate your emotions and uh and some other things that we teach here indeed indeed um a commenter from morning therapy facebook page asked the following question if you'll be willing to help them out with that how do you get trauma out of your body hmm again great question i I'm learning more and more. I'm doing a, a certificate program right now with the Trauma Research Foundation. And something recently that Bessel van der Kolk touched on was that it's not about getting the trauma out, it's about integrating it into your life. And, and so TRY helps us to integrate uh, the trauma wherever it might be taking up space in your body. Um, so. The foundation of our practices actually is self-regulation for resilience or SRR. And these are basically four different tools, orientation, grounding, centering, and breath that allow us to basically be present, to, to notice our feet on the floor, just like I did in on that airplane, to count the windows on the plane, to engage your senses. 
to find your center, to bring the energy back in, because we're often, you know, especially during trauma, but just going about our day can be really scattered. Uh, so to bring that energy back in and to find your breath. And so we weave these tools in, we do, we practice them actively and we weave them in throughout the practices. And the idea is that as you actively practice them, you're not only recovering and, uh, potentially relieving your body of the physical effects of trauma, you're also building a higher level of resilience. Uh, and our, our research showed this here that I did with survivors of genocide and local humanitarians with vicarious trauma. So especially for the clinicians and mental health professionals out there, uh, regardless of our relationship with trauma, you know, it's not just so self-regulation, let's say it's not just reactive. We're not just recovering, but it's also proactive. So for those of us working and immersing ourselves in trauma on a regular basis, um, expanding our perspective to to uh, not just that it doesn't affect me necessarily, but seeing your role in this and how you can be proactive in uh, in preventing it. But these are just this is just a, a big way that we use uh -huh. to integrate the trauma yeah indeed indeed another question for the modern therapy facebook group what happens when you don't heal from trauma mm. so without these tools and without this awareness i think our what we've been conditioned to to do and how to live is is to kind of numb out. We often will naturally dissociate, especially during an extreme trauma, um, dissociating mind and body so that we don't have to feel the pain that has made a place inside us. And our bodies are amazing. I like thinking of it this way because we're wired for survival. It's just about when, let's say, uh, we, Okay, let's talk about the nervous system for a second. So we have to the two main branches, uh, sympathetic and parasympathetic. Sympathetic, S for stress, so that fight, flight response, and parasympathetic, I like to think of it as like a parachute, slowing down the rest and digest. So when we want to sit down to meditate or do something in a calm state, you want to be able to tap into the parasympathetic branch of your nervous system. And that has obviously more obvious perks, I feel like. Uh, but we don't want to be in that state all the time. On the, on the flip side, with the parasympathetic, or sorry, uh, sympathetic branch of the nervous system, when we sense danger, this has wired us for survival in this way where we're able to quickly uh, either run or confront it. And our bodies are wire, wired for this. Um, but that obviously is not where we want to stay either. So for people who are stuck in this kind of sympathetic state, who aren't, who don't have the tools to bring their bodies, their, their stress response system back down to baseline, to a healthy baseline, to develop a healthy relationship with stress, you can get stuck in that sympathetic state. And that's what a lot of different disorders are, are rooted in, especially, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and, and so what happens when we don't heal from the trauma, when we can't integrate it um, and learn these tools to balance out and, and stimulate the vagus nerve is basically what this is doing, 
to balance out the nervous system uh, is it, it shows up in these different ways and can and show up in, in way more ways than just diseases, um, but in behavioral uh, different behavioral patterns. Um, unhealthy habits and characteristics in your relationships. It can show up in all of these different ways. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that perspective and answering that commenter's question. That was, that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. How can we build resilience to better prepare ourselves for future stress trauma? I know myself, I'm having a reoccurrence of some of my PTSD symptoms, just being in this current world that I find myself in based on our current political climate and uh, things that's just coming up in the media, the school shootings, the shootings out and about, the um, increase in crime in local areas where I work and where I live. Sometimes being a witness to some of these events. I just saw a car crash yesterday in which the person got out the car and started wailing on the person that they crashed into. (laughs) And this just resonated a lot of feelings in me, a lot of reoccurrences of pain that I have yet to resolve. Uh But I ask you, how can we build resilience to better prepare ourselves for future stress trauma? Because it's definitely coming. Definitely. Um, first and foremost, I think you bring up a good point that hurt people hurt people. And the uh, it's the, the interesting thing about being trauma-informed and studying this and, and being so, so passionate about it is that it also makes you aware of how the perpetrator was once the victim who did not receive the, the support and information and love and guidance that that you need to resolve from traumas and of course there's there's a lot more to that it's very gray it's a big gray area but ultimately that's that's generally what it comes down to so what we're seeing on the macro is a reflection of our individual experiences and a lack of understanding in my opinion of trauma and how all of this violence and all of these misunderstandings are are generally rooted in some type of our unresolved trauma. So, resilience. I have a vision of us being individuals and and communities, not just in constant states of recovery, but, but resilient communities, resilient people. And in order to do that, because that was my experience, right? I, I had not experienced a big trauma. I was studying, I was teaching, I was, so I was actively practicing these tools I was talking about, unknowingly building this higher level of resilience. I, I didn't see so clearly how it was benefiting me specifically, right? I thought I was doing it for other people. But when we can actively regulate, like practice regulating ourselves by, uh, and I can take a, Take us through a little practice if you're interested in that, just a couple minutes. But, you know, by orienting, grounding, bringing your energy back in, finding your breath, when you actively practice these tools, you're much more able to find these tools in the moments that you need them the most. When you feel your heartbeat starting to raise, you feel triggered. Uh, Even, you know, I was just repeating to myself on the airplane, I am okay, I am breathing. (laughs) And as simple as that was, 
that saved me. And I think that's what resilience looks like. And that's what we get to move toward together. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing. But how are people responding to trauma recovery yoga around the world since you're doing it? You're not doing it in America right now because you're from Chicago. Hey, but you're in Iraq and you're doing it with a population that, you know, we here in America have a very skewed understanding of based on our propaganda machines and our media. How is it treating it? You know, we would think that they would not be receptive to it. Of course, you know different because you're you're there doing the work. So how are people responding to trauma recovery yoga, especially where you're at currently? I I love to share about this because I was so um, positively or pleasantly surprised coming here because I thought there'd be a bit of pushback. You know, I, I can meet people where they are and um, and share in a way that, that it could be received. But I thought, you know, there'd be some pushback here or there about yoga, period, because we're mainly teaching to Muslim populations, Muslim and Yazidis. Um, and so the reality has been that people are really receptive to this. And not only that, they see the value in it and they want more of it. So I, I'm getting messages all the time, like, where can we come to these yoga practices or meditation, just mindfulness, anything. People are recognizing for themselves that that's something they need, even if they know nothing else about it. And that's the first step, because I might know that this can really uh, relieve people's physical and mental trauma symptoms. It builds their resilience. Um, it increases heart rate variability because I mentioned this research study here that I did that shows incredible impacts on, it was uh, 19, 19 women. I mean, just across the board, incredible, like revolutionary. And so I can know that, but unless people know that and want it for themselves, um, you know, I, I can only do so much and we can only go so far together with this. So in terms of individual experiences uh, and individuals wanting this, whether it be in refugee camps, in nonprofit organizations, or wait, this is a really cool one, uh, the Kurdish government. So we recently partnered with the Kurdish government. It's the, the branch of social workers so they have a presence in every refugee camp in this country, in uh, mental health institutes across the board. And we partnered with them to train their staff uh, and do capacity building so that we can have trauma recovery yoga in their institutes because they see the value. And uh, as long as they don't have to pay for it, you know, <laughs> we get funding. Um, that's really, that's the, the only thing. Otherwise they get it, which, is really powerful and i think is exactly what we need to really launch this movement and help people foster a sense of safety and security in their bodies in a place where i mean we need it all over the world but to begin here i think is really very purposeful it's a special time and a really special place You have a book called Your Time to Shine, a personal strategic planning workbook. Can you tell us more about that? 
Yes, thank you for asking. Um, so this book, I put a lot of heart and soul into this book. Um, the idea originated, so it's a personal strategic planning workbook, as you said, and the idea originated uh, when I was getting my master's degree in Chicago. I was in a class learning how to create and implement strategic plans for nonprofits. And I've always been a self-development junkie. And uh, it occurred to me, why have I never heard of a personal strategic planning workbook? So I created one for myself, I don't know, six or seven years ago, and I've been using it and the tools that have been working for me this whole time, I put together and created this workbook to share with other people. And we've been sharing it with a lot of refugees here. It's also translated into Arabic. Um, and in it, you can clarify your purpose, what even is a purpose, uh, your core values, create a mission statement, a vision statement, uh, identify short, medium, long-term goals, and learn a really cool and really effective technique to monitor your progress. So that's kind of the my elevator speech on the book. Yeah. And it's a workbook. So you're writing in it. It's uh it's meant to get messy and to be yours. Indeed, indeed. Can you give us some empowering tips regarding trauma recovery yoga or what people can do for themselves if they don't have a connection to trauma recovery yoga as here in Durham, Raleigh, Chapel Hill, mm -hmm. I can't think of a single person that currently does it. Um, do you have any empowering tips for those? Absolutely. Um, my first tip would be to look us up and take advantage of the free resources we share because the beauty about where we are in this time and space right now is that everything is accessible to you. We just have to narrow in on what resonates with each of us most so you can check out our website tryglobal.org uh, actually uh, and the youtube is just try global social media try global and uh lots of, of resources breathing techniques guided meditations um, different yoga classes for all levels of ability and mobility and experience it's a they're mindfulness practices that don't require any prior experience so that I, I really push that here as well. Um, Cause these are people that have never stepped on a yoga mat. So just coming as you are and knowing that showing up is 90% of the work. Um, yeah. Reach out to us. If you don't see what you need and uh, you'd like more information, my email is bhershey at triglobal.org. Well, I think you're muted. <laughs> Thank you for empowering us with your presence today on the Mortar Therapy Podcast. Um, any like to leave us with any final words? Maybe just uh, for your listeners here right now, we just want to, wherever you are, whether you're standing or sitting, to take a, a deep breath in through your nose, lift your shoulders up to your ears. And as you exhale, roll your shoulders down your back. And just with your, your chest kind of open here, 
your shoulders melting down, just noticing if your shoulders have crept up by your ears without your permission. <sighs> Taking a few belly breaths and moving through your day with this, this feeling of presence here. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest on the More Than Therapy podcast. Please learn more about Brenda Hershey and her movement regarding trauma recovery yoga at tryglobal.org. That's tryglobal.org. And she's been gracious enough to give us her email in regards to contacting her directly about the movement at bhershey at tryglobal.org. Thank you for those that listen and watch the More Than Therapy podcast featuring interviews and thoughts of the day regarding recovery and wellness. And this is one way to address your recovery and wellness by doing trauma recovery yoga. Thank you, Brenda Hershey, for your time today. Thank you. Be well and be great. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Mortar Therapy Podcast, available for wherever you push play to listen to your favorite podcasts. I thrive. I thrive to be alive. I want to live a healthier lifestyle. I want to be healthier. I want to be around for my children to graduate, have children, and have their children have children. I want to be free from the disease of high blood pressure and diabetes. I thrive to be alive. I thrive to be